This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm going to begin here in a minute in Romans chapter 1. So if you want to go to Romans 1, I'll go there in just a second. And again tonight, we're on faith again. And you say, well, what's different? Uh, We've been on faith the whole year on Wednesday night. And so we're going to go again. I I just love to honor people that have uh, significance ever in my life. And so there's, there's a man here that actually he's one of my dad's best friends. His daughter went to school with me. And this is Coach Robinson. Coach Robinson, I won't make you stand, but why don't you wave to everybody? This is Coach Robinson. Many of you will know him. If you're from Clovis or you're a basketball fan, he was the head coach at Coronado here for a little while, but he coached in Clovis for years, won a lot of state championships. He was one of the first godly coaches that I ever knew. He was an incredible example. Not only he was a godly coach, you know what I love best about him? He hated to lose. He hated to lose. And so I love that. I, I, to, to this day, I hate to lose. If we play checkers, I hate to lose. And so a lot of that comes from coach. I mean, he was such a great example of man of God. Many of you, if you get close to him here, you'll recognize him. He's at the Men of Iron almost every year. So, coach, we're honored to have you here. Again, you can go down there and let him lay hands on you and uh, let me just throw this in for again. Coach knew me before I knew Jesus. So he saw a side of me that wasn't always good. And so over the years of, of my life, he's, he's begun to see a little a literal transformation between me and my brother. He, he saw us when we were little hoodlums and now we serve Jesus. So praise the Lord. Coach, don't tell any stories on me. Go with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 14. Romans 1, 14. Again, we're talking about the, 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 the things of faith. Just, just some of the scriptures, again, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So again, we've got we to gotta learn the heart of God is faith. The whole New Testament is faith. Verse 14, this is the Apostle Paul, and he said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the cultured or the non-cultured, Okay? Both to the wise and the unwise. Both to the wise and the foolish. He goes on to say, So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. Now, Paul's statement right there, it shows me that God's desire is every person hear the word of God. No matter what your background is, no matter what your title is, Paul said, I am in debt to teach you the Word of God. If that was important. Verse 16. For he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of it. For it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, when he talks about the gospel, it's, it's life-changing power. I was telling some of them back there this morning, or this evening before the service, I thank God for the, the, the Word of God. The life-changing power of the Word of God. Now, this, this will bear witness with many of you. If it wasn't for the gospel, how many of you in here would probably have died prematurely, or you would be in prison? That was me. Thank God for the Word of God. So right there, just with that statement, with just the hands, that's the power of the gospel. 
But when I begin to see the gospel, then, man, i got to receive and live by it. And so he goes on to tell us that it's at work within us. And as the work of the, uh, the word of God goes to work in you, it creates a personal trust. It'll create, it'll create a, a confidence within us. So he goes on to say in verse 17, For in it, the gospel, the word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. From start to finish, it's from faith to faith. It is disclosed through the way of faith. So when he's talking about here the gospel, he said, listen, the gospel, you're going to start in faith and you're going to have to end in faith. We go from faith to faith to faith. We just keep living by faith. And he uses some words in there that are interesting. So he goes on to say, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now that word just is rooted in the word of justification. Those are, are, are kind of strange words to us, like justification. So the word justification itself, it has to, the, the word is rooted in righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, that God made him, Jesus, to be no sin, so that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so when we see this, the word righteousness here that he's talking about, it means we can be in right standing with God. Now, many times when we get born again, we have the thought that righteousness is something we as Christians, we, we, we earn or we do. We have the thought, ooh, if I could just become more righteous. And so it can be, we, we think in the area of conduct. Ooh, if I just quit cussing, I, I, would, I would be more righteous. Sometimes we look at righteousness at the clothes we wear. Sometimes our hairdo. And so when we look at this right here, oftentimes we confuse righteousness with holiness. Now let me help you a little bit about that. Holiness, when we look at this, I'm responsible for holiness by the help of God or God's grace. Holiness has to do with my lifestyle and my conduct. And God will grace you to live a holy life. But righteousness on the other side, that's God's responsibility. You're never going to be any more righteous because righteous only comes through Jesus. Okay, So you can't earn righteousness. So when we talk about righteousness here, man, righteousness is accepted by faith. Where if he said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, then guess what? I'm going to believe that because God said that about me. So when you get born again, guess what happens? God stamps you as righteous right there at that moment. Not based on anything you've done, but it was based on everything that Jesus did. So what happened with mankind is when Adam and Eve got into sin because of their sin, the entire human race became unrighteous. When you were born into this earth, you were unrighteous. So God said, I'm going to send my son, Jesus. And Jesus will die and take their place. And when we receive Jesus again, now we become righteous. So it's a great point right here where you begin to see this. But he says here, the just shall live by faith. And so I just keep trusting God. I just keep believing God. 
Now, I want you to go to 1 Timothy 6, and we're going to go a little deeper here. 1 Timothy chapter 6. As you're turning there, the message translation said in that passage we just read, the person in right standing before God is that way by trusting Him. He really lives. So a great thing for you to begin to pray, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a brand new creation in Him. I'm a partaker of His divine nature on me. He will not impute sin. And so I just begin to say, Thank you, Lord. You qualified me as righteous. Woo, all by the blood of Jesus. Man, aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? Woo, I'm grateful. Man, you, you ought to talk about the blood on an everyday basis. Throughout the thank you, Lord, for your blood. Thank you, your blood has washed me. Your blood is cleansing me. Your blood has made me righteous. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We begin in verse 11. But you, O man of God, woo, that's us. Flee, run from these things. Now, you can go back in your reading and see a lot of that. He's, he's tying that with our conduct. He ties that with our lust, the, the, the love of money. But he says, flee these things, run from these things, but pursue or aim at righteousness. A right standing with God. He said, pursue godliness, a godly life. Pursue faith, pursue love, pursue patience, pursue gentleness. Now, every one of those things that he talks about right there are attributes from heaven, from God. If you'll notice there, none of the things are on this earth. He didn't say, pursue a car, pursue your favorite type of... No, he goes back to things that will impact every one of our hearts. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Now, if, if we would go back to verse 11, in verse 11 he says, flee or run, he says pursue, and right here he tells me and you as believers, you're going to have to fight. Those are all active verbs. So just right there in verse 11 and 12, he begins to tell me and you, you got an assignment. You play a part of this. So he goes on to say, fight the good fight of faith. Now, just in, in reading that right there, you're in a fight. Whether you want to be or not. He said, fight the good fight of faith. But right here, we must understand when he tells us this, the good fight is only good when you win. It's not a good fight when you lose. You're a Cowboys fan. Let's just say that they lose this coming Sunday. And you know what you would say? That was a bad game. That was, why? Because it's only good when you win. So when he said fight the good fight of faith, understand everything that we need to win, God has given that to us. Everything we need to win, he gives us the opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord. And then you know what he does? He gives us the word of God. So when you look at the word of God, the word of God is your playbook. So I got to get into the playbook. I got to find out what God is beginning to write to me and say to me that I can have, be, and do. And so again, 
When I get in the Word, God will get into me. But even though I hear the Word and I know my playbook, that's not enough. Now i got to do it and i got to be it. And so uh, you execute the playbook. I'll guarantee you before Coach Kingsbury plays this Saturday, if they ask him what will be the key to the game, you know what he'll say? we got to execute. we got to execute. It's the same as us as believers. i got to get in the playbook in order to fight the good fight of faith. And then i got to execute the playbook. Now remember a week ago, the Lord said to Joshua, in Joshua 1.7, he said, Josh, my buddy, you've got to be strong in the Lord and courageous. Why? Because we are in a fight, but it's a good fight. So he said, fight the good fight of faith so that we can lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and you have confessed the good confession, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So now I'm sitting here reading this. And he said, we're in this fight. And he goes on to say within this fight, you've confessed the good confession. And he goes on to make another statement here. And he says that you did that in the presence of many people or many witnesses. So he's talking about when we get born again, the good confession that we give at that moment is we say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. And if you did it before a group of people, you made, you made a public declaration in front of all of them. When you begin to do that public declaration, I'm telling you, something happens on the inside of you. That's why the Lord said to John in John 3, he said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. Something happens when we make a statement or a confession in front of everybody else. So he said right there in that verse, he said, that was a good confession. Verse 13. I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all those things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Now, it was interesting to me, this is the second time he used the, the phrase, a good confession. So, was he telling me that the good fight of faith is wrapped up in a good confession? How do I get born again with a good confession? So, guess what? Everything that pertains to a good confession will fall back to what Jesus has done for every one of us in this room. So I believe he's telling us to a certain degree, for me and you to fight this good fight of faith, it's going to come down to the things that begin to come out of your mouth, that confession. So the way I get born again is I confess Jesus out of my mouth. But the way I go from faith to faith, I keep going, is through good confessions. So now i got to go back to my playbook and I find out, okay, what does my playbook say? Well, let me give you a couple of illustrations here. Uh, Revelations 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So what would happen to me if I started going around saying, Ooh, I thank you, I overcome Lord Jesus by your blood. Guess what I've just done? I've made a good confession. What about this? In, in John 10, 10 it says, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy but I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. 
So what would happen if I just begin to say on a daily basis, I thank you today, Lord Jesus, you came to give me life and that more abundantly. Now guess what's happening? I'm, I'm saying what God has said about me. I am speaking the things that Jesus has already done. See, I'm not going to be an overcomer when I get to heaven. I'm already overcome when I get there. And so I can overcome right here. He says right here, I, I gave you life in that more abundantly right now. Ooh, those are all powerful. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says this. Though Jesus was rich, he became poor for your sake that you may experience abundance. So guess what? If I would begin to make that same confession, I would begin to say the things Jesus said. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You said for my sake, for my sake, this is what you did. So over and over, I begin to make Good confessions. A good confession comes out of your mouth. Colossians 1.13 says, He delivered me out of the power of darkness. So I can say this, I thank you, Lord Jesus, you've delivered me out of what areas of your life that are darkness. So again, I'm just confessing what the Word of God said. Now here's the key with the Word of God. A good confession is every time I confess the word or what Jesus did for me in my life. So now we're going to rewind just a little bit. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So when I start making a confession out of my mouth, I'm speaking the word of God out of my mouth because that's the good confession. And guess who hears it? I'm hearing myself. So the more I hear myself confess the good confessions or the word of God, the more it strengthens my faith. So guess what God did for us as human beings? He said, you begin to speak it and you hear it and you speak it and you hear it. And before long it starts taking root in you. And that good confession is the way I have a good fight of faith. Now keep watching here. Verse 14. That you keep this commandment. Now, that's interesting to me. He said, you keep this commandment. Was the commandment, was that the good confession? And he goes on to say, without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ is appearing. So I believe you know what he's saying? You keep confessing the things of God until Jesus shows back up. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, many times we have this thought, well, we're in this fight and we're fighting against the devil. We're fighting against the demons. How many of you have ever said this or thought this? I'd just like to punch the devil right in the head. Well, here's the truth of the matter. We're not fighting the devil. Why would we fight someone who's already been defeated? Ooh, that's good, Pastor. You can tweet that one out. Remember, Jesus has done all that. So the fight is this, that I begin to live how Christ Jesus died for me to live because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So when you look at everything he's saying here, uh, I, I, I can say over and over and over and over again the good confession. I've just got to continually get the word of God in your mouth. Begin to speak the things of God. Find scripture. Here's your homework assignment. 
I encourage you right now, if you don't do this at all, to, to find three scriptures that pertain to your life right now. And you either memorize them or you get it on a three by five card. And you begin to speak that over your life as a daily affirmation. If, it's, if, you're, if you're battling some form of addiction or darkness and you don't like it, start speaking Colossians 1. I thank you, Lord. You've delivered me out of the power of darkness. You've set me free. You've transferred me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Find three of them. And begin to speak those in your life. And you speak them until they take root in your life. And then your next assignment is, then add three more. And you just keep adding the Word of God, and you keep adding the Word of God. And you, you keep confessing those good confessions. you got to say over your life what God says about you. There's power in this. Remember, Romans 10. If, if part of my salvation comes through confessing Jesus out of my mouth, i got to keep speaking the Word. I've heard Dr. Lester Summerall say this years ago. He said most Christians, they miss it one inch below their nose. Right here. So here's the question. If you're confessing the good confession, you're saying what God says about you. If you're confessing the bad confession, because if there's a good confession, there's got to be a bad confession. So what would the bad confession be? The bad confession would be saying negative things. Uh, uh, lies, saying things about you that aren't true. And so the devil's goal is this. If the devil knows that you're in a good fight of faith, what do you think he's after? Me? No, he's not after you. He's after your faith. Because he knows if I get your faith, I got you. And so right here, the Lord gives us great insight. And, and, and many times we look and, and again, we have the thought, well, it's the devil, it's the devil, it's the devil. I do believe this because the Bible in Ephesians 4.27, it says, you can give place to the devil. It says, don't give opportunity or stronghold or foothold to the devil. How does that happen? Well, how many of you have ever had a fly in your house? What's the predominant way that you let that fly in your house? You open the door. I realize you may have a, a slit in your screen but the primary way we let a fly into our house is we open the door. It's a consent of ignorance, whether you like to admit that or not. So the primary way we let the devil into our life is we open the door in one way. And it may be a consent of ignorance again. Turn, turn with me to, to James chapter 4. I want you to see this. James chapter 4. James, so again, I've got to get back there and I've got to keep speaking the word. And I speak the word. I speak that good fight of faith. James 4. Verse 7. I hear your pages turning. I'll wait just a second. James 4, 7 says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And you know what? Most Christians, if you ask them to quote James 4, 7 for you, they'd say, Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil. See, that's not true. That's not true. That might be why the devil is whipping some of us in our lives right now is because we don't submit to God. It specifically says, submit to God, then you resist the devil and he'll free from you. So how am I submitted to God? The only way that I can truly show I'm submitted to God is by the way I obey God. 
I obey God's word. So when I get in here and I start obeying the God's word, just like he's talking to or telling me to, things begin to happen. But if I'm not submitted to God, it doesn't do me any good. It would be like you going to work tomorrow and your boss gives you an order. You either obey it or you don't. When you don't obey it, you're in subordination to your, your boss. Well, think about that in terms with God. And so when I begin to submit to God, something happens. And so the, the, the fight again, guys, the fight isn't with the devil. The fight is in the way I, I, I walk by faith. It's a good fight of faith. I got to lay hold. So, and I'm, I'm going to stay on it tonight. You got to speak the word. Speak the word of God. Speak to the circumstances. Speak to the mountains. What the Bible says. Over and over and over. One more passage tonight. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. See, the devil understands this. That if he can separate you from your faith, he knows you're inoperative. The only reason a person is ever dangerous to the devil is when he knows what the word of God says. That's why he said you submit to God. The only way I can submit to God is I've got to know the word. I've got to know the word. 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. In order for me to believe that Jesus is the Christ, it's going to take faith, isn't it? It's going to take faith. Now, how do you know it's going to take faith? Well, think about this. Have any of you ever experienced Jesus with your five physical senses? Have you touched him? Have you seen him with your physical eye? So again, how'd that take place? You heard the word of God. You heard a speaking about Jesus. And because you heard it, it created faith in you. And because it created faith in you, you acted. How did you act? You believed what was said and then you confessed it out of your mouth. So this is what he's getting to. He is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this, by what? That we believed in Jesus. By this, that we know we love, that we love the children of God. When we love God and we keep his commandments. Now listen real close to this in verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, they're not troublesome, they're not pre... Uh, Oppressive or grievous. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcome the world. Our faith. What's our faith? I begin to trust God. And I believe God will do everything that he says he'll do. And so every bit of what we just said there. It's got to be based on the Word of God. You based your whole life off the Word of God. And here, here's the thought again. Once you get into the Word, God will get into you. The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper into your sword. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So again, he, he, he reiterates over and over that, that it's got to be through faith. It's got to be through faith. I just keep, I keep trusting God. I keep believing God. So what I like to do when I find things that are issues within my life, I got to go to the Word of God, the playbook, 
And I've got to find out what God's Word says. So if you're struggling areas of your life, find what the Word says. If you've ever struggled in marriage before, I start quoting what the Bible says. I go to Ephesians 5. You know what Ephesians 5 said? He said, husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. He didn't say trade her in on a new model. It said don't scold your wife. He didn't say any of that. It said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now, Jesus wouldn't have told me to do that if that wasn't possible. So you know what I begin to say? Father God, I thank you that I, I love Shelly like Christ loved the church. Now, when I begin to say that, that may look so far from the truth that you'd think, liar, liar, pants on fire. But again, what have I done? I've started confessing the good confession. Why is it a good confession? Because it's the word of God. So I begin to speak that over my life. For years and years and years and years and years and years. So I've got to find what, what is out of order in my life. And I find out what the word of God says. And you begin to speak it. That's why it's important that you get these daily affirmations. And you, you start getting the word in you. And I'm telling you, when you begin to do that, you confess it. You confess it. Remember he said that when you got born again, you did it in a multitude of people? I'm telling you, something happens when you go to another human being. And I look at Roxanne, I begin to quote the word of God. And I said, this is what God said he'll do for me. He said in 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, I, I pray you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So you begin to quote, I thank you, Father God. I'm prospering in my soul. And so something happens when we begin to speak it. Speak it and speak it and speak it. So you get up in the morning and you begin to walk. You walk your floor. You, you, you speak in the shower. You speak in the car. Because I, if I don't speak the good confession, things aren't going to happen, okay? I mean, it'd be nice if everything we did, if we just said, just lay hands on me. Lay hands on me and wisdom would come. Woo! Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great every time you got born again, you got a whole new body, you got new hair, you got everything. That's not how it works. We become doers of the word and we do it. And so you start your day with just saying to God who you are. Father God, I thank you. You're a father. You're a good for it. You're just. You never leave me nor forsake me. You're, you're, you're the faithful God. You're holy. You're just. You're true. Then you begin to brag on. I thank you, Lord Jesus, again today. I receive his Lord as my life. Because of you, I'm justified. I've been declared righteous. I'm sanctified. I'm set apart. Because of you, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. What does the redeemed of the Lord say? He said, because I'm redeemed of the Lord. I walk in, pop, uh, in, in uh, life. I walk in blessing. And I walk in health. So then you get over and you say, man, I walk in life. I walk in John 10, 10 life. I walk life abundantly as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, just as a man of God. I walk in divine health. No sickness or disease comes near my dwelling. What do I stand on? 1 Peter 2, 23, Isaiah 53, 5, Matthew 8, 17. And I say, I thank you, Father God, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I walk in divine health. My mind is sound. My memory is sound. My emotions are sound. My energy is sound. Now you say, have you done this before? I can keep going. I'll keep going. I, I, I can go for probably 30 more minutes. That didn't start that way. Oh, you've blessed me indeed. You've enlarged my territory. Your hand is upon me. You keep me from evil and I cause no pain. According to Psalm 65, you've crowned my year with your goodness, my past drip with your abundance. According to Psalm 69, daily you loaded me with your benefits. According to Genesis 12, you've blessed me, you've multiplied me, you've made my name great, you've blessed me to be a blessing. 
And so then we get over. I thank you today, Father God, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. So again, I begin to confess, who's the Holy Spirit to me? Well, you said in Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 8, 16, that the Spirit of God will bear with my spirit. You said in, in John 16, that the Spirit of God would convict me of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I welcome your conviction. You just keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And it becomes a pattern. Then guess where I go next? I start speaking over Shell. I said, she's a Proverbs 31 woman, Lord. You said that I'm to rise up and call her blessed. I call my wife blessed. I call my marriage blessed. I call my, I lay hands on my kids every day, even though they're all gone from my home. I lay hands on my grandkids. Man, I speak the things of God over them. I speak the angels are encamped about them. Then I get over to my mom and dad. My siblings. And then before long, I work right into the church. And if you go to church here, I speak the things of God over you on a daily basis. It's honor. And then I'll end up, man, I'll pray for our nation. Pray. And so again, it's, it's speaking the word of God. Where I begin to say that over and 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 over. And before long, something begins to happen within me. Stir up faith within me, Lord. Confess my word. Confess the good fight. So guess what that means? You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to do something. We walk by faith. But it's a great honor. Great honor. I can tell you this, and I'll end with this. When I first started doing this, I had three cards. I had to tape them to the mirror. I took, taped one in my car. I taped one on my work truck. And I kept one in my wallet. And I'd pull those out, and I'd begin to read them. I'd begin to read them. Now listen, when I started, first started doing that, I was dominated by a thing called alcohol. Oof. It had me in a headlock. It worked me over. But Jesus said, I've delivered you from that power. So you know what I said? Well, if he's delivered me, I might as well start walking in it. So I started speaking that. And my wife started agreeing with me. That, do you know in Matthew 28, the prayer of agreement is so powerful? That's why the devil hates marriage. Because if you two get into agreement, oh my gosh, one will put a thousand to them. So again, I begin to speak that. Pastor, did you quit the first night? Nope. Nope. It was a process. But remember the good confession. We go from faith to faith to faith. Keep speaking the word of God. And before long, whoop, here it is. Here's a walking miracle because the word of God got inside of me. And it began to do exactly what it said it would do. And so you understand, God's no respecter of persons, guys. I mean, you guys all think I'm Prince Charming. I'm not. I'm telling you. God had to do a work in me. And he's still working in me. I'm telling you, I've found out in my life, as long as I'm here, I'm going to be the good confession. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.